How many of you are excited to get into our series, to continue our series tonight? Yes, we had a great, great start last Wednesday. Uh, Brother Matt opened us up, and what a great, uh, awesome message that was, such excellent content. Uh, if you didn't, if you were, were not here, uh, you, can, you can watch that online as well. Um, don't miss out. It is a great, great message as he opened our series up last Wednesday. And we're going to continue tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 2. So many great things in store. Obviously, June graduation month. We're so excited for all of our graduates. Amen. The huge accomplishment. And we're looking forward, and I'm sure they are too, to what God has in store for their lives. And so uh, we are expecting great things. And uh, keep them in prayer, amen, as they have a, they have a, a busy month. Um, and they're going to have uh, so much fun uh, and looking forward to the future, amen. Nehemiah 2.17. And it reads like this, and it says, But now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. He says, Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. He said, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you have made. Lord, we pray, Lord God, over this word, Lord that you have in store for your children, that, Lord, it would fall on good soil tonight, Lord, that we would not only be hearers but doers of your word, and we will see the fruits through obedience. And Father, we pray that you would have your way in our lives, have your way in this place. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity tonight to receive your word, for we know that your word brings life. Lord, we need life. We desire life, and we desire your direction. We desire to be in your will. Help us, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen and amen. As we continue in our Building Together series out of the book of Nehemiah, as I mentioned, Matt, Brother Matt opened up last week talking about Praying first, amen? Praying first and how that is so crucial in our walk with God. And he talked about how vision is captured through prayer. How many know that God gives us vision through prayer, amen? He gives us insight. He gives us direction. We're going to see how, not only how Nehemiah, how Nehemiah captured that vision last week, we're going to see now how he cast that vision. I titled this message tonight, Cast the Vision. Here we have Nehemiah speaking to the people of Jerusalem. He's trying to get them to understand the need for action. Because here they find their, their, their great city in ruins. They find the walls broken down. And Nehemiah, Nehemiah comes to them and, and, and voices the urgency to them and says, Hey, look, 
We need to start rebuilding. You can't live like this. You have no protection around your city. This is the city of my ancestors. This is not the way it's supposed to be. See, what Nehemiah was doing was he was sowing the seed. Amen? He was sowing that seed and, and getting them to, to catch that vision that God had pla uh, placed upon his heart. Casting the vision. It reminds me of, of fishing. You know, when you, when you cast that fishing rod and you seek to catch something in return, right? You don't, you don't fish uh, with the expectation of catching nothing, right? You fish with the expectation of, of maybe catching something and maybe catching something that you can actually eat, right? You want to you wanna be able to, to, to um, be satisfied with the catch. You want to be able to be fulfilled with the catch, and here we have Nehemiah trying to cast it out to them and saying, if you, could only, if you could only catch on to this vision that God has placed in my heart, if this seed can take root in your life, you will see big changes in your city. You will see changes where you live. You will see changes in your family. You will see changes in your own life. He says, if you just catch the vision, turn to your neighbor and tell him, catch the vision. See, what Nehemiah did first was he took the lead. We need to take the lead. See, Nehemiah saw what others couldn't see. It didn't mean that others couldn't see the ruin that, that the city was, was in at the time. No, they were able to see that because it was very plain and clear to them. Anyone can see it. But what the others could not see that Nehemiah saw was a resolve. I mean, that it's very easy to see the problems in life, isn't it? Isn't it? It's very easy to point out all the things that may be going wrong, maybe in your life or in the world around us. It's easy. It doesn't take much effort. You don't have to look very far. But it takes a little effort to see a resolve, to see a fix, to see things getting better in your life. To recognize that this is not going to last forever. It's just for a period of time. And seeing what we have to do in order to make or bring about those changes in our lives. You see, Nehemiah couldn't just sit back and watch as the city lie in ruins. Nehemiah saw what the writer of Psalm 48.2 says about the great city, as he says, the city of the great king. The city of the great king. It's, it's exactly what Nehemiah saw when he looked out and he saw this, this huge mess that lie in front of him. And he says it's too, 
valuable to leave in ruin. It's, too, it's, of, it's of too much value to my life to leave it as it is right now. I mean, know that your life is valuable to God. Yes? Turn to your neighbor and tell him you are of great value. God values you. God cares about you. God is not okay with just sitting around and watching us destroy our lives. He's not okay with that. Why? Because He loves us. You wouldn't be okay with your child destroying their life. You would try to intervene, wouldn't you? You would do everything possible for them not to go a certain route in their life and not make certain decisions because you love them. See, what's awesome here is that Nehemiah took on the problems of the people onto his life. Their problems became his burden to bear. How many of us can look at others and, 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 and want to take on their burdens? You, you look at someone struggling, you look at someone having a difficult time, and you say, you know what, what can I do to take on some of that burden? What can I do for you? And not that, and not that we're God, amen, but to encourage and to help because we can, be, we can be an encouragement to someone else, believe it or not. We can be that individual that God sends to a certain someone in order to lift them up. You can be that person. And you may think, well, I, how can I do that when I have so many things going on in my life? See, that's the great thing, is that God can use anyone at any time. It doesn't matter what's taking place. See, Nehemiah sought and received permission from King Artaxerxes to rebuild the wall. Not only did he receive permission, but also resources. He also received support. We read in Nehemiah 2, verse 5. Nehemiah says, If it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant... Send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Nehemiah wasn't even there. And his heart hurt so much that he urged the king, King, send me. Send me to start this rebuilding. I can't stand to see what's taking place. And so he pleads with the king, in verse 7, he says, I also said to the king, if it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress 
for the city walls and for a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. Nehemiah sought the king and he says, he says, look, I want to, I want to do this. I want to bring restoration to Judah. And I'm asking you for your help. I'm asking you for your help as, as a king to, to grant me safe travels as I get there. But not only safe travels, I need resources. I need material in order to start building. If you can do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. You see, Nehemiah, Nehemiah took the lead in this. No one told him to do this. No one, no one you know, came up to me and, and, and said, look at, look at Nehemiah, you, you, know, you know, the people are in need and, 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 and all of these things. No one's standing up. We need someone to do this. God put it upon his heart, and Nehemiah took the lead. Nehemiah could have said, no, God, send someone else. Send someone else. I'm not even there. Send someone who is there to do the work. But he didn't wait for that. Why? Because Nehemiah saw what others couldn't see. He saw God doing great things in that land. He saw God bringing restoration. He saw a finished product. Also, Nehemiah assessed the situation. In Nehemiah 2, verse 11, he says, So I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. He said, Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. He said, I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. After dark, I went out through the valley gate to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. You see, Nehemiah surveyed the challenge facing him. He did it quietly at night without, without any interference or, or unwanted advice. You see, Nehemiah was counting the cost. He was looking at what it was going to take in order for this work to be done. We do this too, don't we? When we, when we plan something, when we plan a trip, we count the cost. When we look at our, you know, we, we, we base it upon what's in our bank account, right? To see how far you can get uh, in your travels. To see how much you can do. You have to count the cost. Then there's others who, who you know, plan vacations and they say, you know what? Just, just put it on the credit card. Just put it on the credit card. Don't, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll pay it off at a later time. That's not really, that, that, that isn't really counting the cost. Nehemiah says, look, I know what it's going to take, and I'm going I'm to scout the area. I'm going to do it at night. That way no one sees what I'm doing. 
That way, that way no one ask, is asking questions about what I'm doing. That way there's, there, there's no naysayers. Why? Because Nehemiah had a plan. It's very important for us to have a plan. How many know that God has a plan for us? Do you believe that? Do you believe he has a plan for you? God has a great plan for you and I. It's a plan to, it's, it's, it's plans to prosper us, the Bible says. To give you hope in the future. Nehemiah 2.16 says, The officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. You see, Nehemiah kept his rebuilding plans secret from the Persian and from the Jewish leaders to prevent opposition from organizing. And we know that eventually, eventually this, this opposition uh, ended up coming his way, as we're going to uh, uh, hear later on in our series. But he sought to avoid these types of individuals or situations. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to avoid the drama. How many know it's important who you tell your visions to, who you tell your dreams and your goals to, amen? Because there may be individuals Sadly, who may use those things against you and I. Who may say, oh man, this person is crazy. You won't, you won't believe what they just told me. You won't believe what they think God showed them. Just like Nehemiah, we need to use wisdom in who we share our vision with. Why? Because they can be vision killers in our lives. Sometimes in our lives we need to take that approach of Joshua when he was confronted with that man with the sword. And he says, he says are you a friend or a foe? Right? Are you, are you a friend of ours or are you against us? And that man ended up being uh, the commander of the Lord's army. And he says, he says, he says, I'm, I'm neither friend nor foe. That, that story always interests me. Because he says, he says, I'm neither friend nor foe. But he was the commander of the Lord's army. See, what he was actually saying was, was I'm, not, I'm not for you, I'm for God. Right? I'm for God. And, and we, we, when we have our, when, when we have our visions, amen, and we are, we are uh, uh, you know, being careful of, of, of what we say, of, of what we do, because you don't know if things, if things can be or are going to be used against you and I. We need to understand why we do the things we do. We are working as unto the Lord. And it doesn't matter because sometimes people may be against 
other people. But we need to be for God. We need to be for God, as the commander of the Lord's army says, I am neither friend nor foe because I serve the Lord, and we should be serving the Lord. We all should be serving the same God. It isn't about, it isn't about what, what we have in a, a planned or the agenda that we have. It's about fulfilling God's plans. So Nehemiah had a plan in doing so. Understanding that this vision came from God. And if this vision, as Nehemiah, I'm sure, was thinking, if this, if this vision has come from God, then I know it's going to be successful. I know we're going to see victory. I know we're going to see God fighting on our behalf. It doesn't matter what or who comes our way. It doesn't matter what the naysayers may say to us. We know that God is on our side. And when we put him first, amen, we are always going to be victorious. See, we need to believe in the vision. Not only did Nehemiah take the lead, but he believed in the vision. See, Nehemiah believed that it was possible. As a visionary, as a leader, you must believe in the vision yourself. Why? Because people can tell. People can tell when you don't believe in the vision. Amen? People can tell when, when you don't believe in what you're telling them to do. You could have been given instructions by your leader to do this or that, or maybe even at your job, at your workplace, and your boss tells you maybe to oversee a project. And it, and it may not be the way that you would normally do things, but they say, I want you to, to let them know that we're going to be doing this and this way. And you go to your group of employees and you bring it to their attention and you say, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to do it this way, and, and, and you may say, you know, well, you know, I don't, I don't really agree with this, but we're going to do this this way. I mean, that, that's not real motivation. That's not going to motivate the people. What they're going to say is, hey, look, this guy, this girl, they don't even, they don't, they're not even for this. They're not even with this program. So why should I be? Why should I go along with what they're telling me to do? Because they don't even believe in it themselves. And it's crucial for us in the house of the Lord to believe in the vision yourself. When you bring forth things to ministry workers, that you believe in the vision, that you are backing it up. Many times, you know, people may just rely on, you know, believing in myself, right? 
I, be, I believe in myself. You know, people will say, you know, believe in yourself. That's good. You know, it's good to believe in yourself. But we know that ourselves let us down at times. Don't we? We let ourselves down. When we, when we believe in ourselves. there's going to be many letdowns in our life. See, we must believe in God. Yes, the Bible says, I can do all things. But we can never, ever forget the second portion of that verse. Through Christ who gives me strength. God's going to give you the strength to do all things. He's going to do that for you. But don't forget that it's only going to be through him. It's not going to be your own strength. It's not going to be your own knowledge, your own skills, your own talents. God is going to give you the ability to do so. And everything you do, everything you do, you give God thanks. You give him praise for the privilege to be even used by him for this kingdom building. Believe in the vision. Do you believe that what is being asked of you and I is even possible? I'm sure all of our graduates, you know, from, from, from middle school, from high school, from college, all of our graduates, I'm sure all of the parents at one point in time found themselves thinking, is this possible? Am I going to graduate? Am I able... Am I going to be able to finish my books? And I'm sure all the parents were thinking the exact same thing. Is it possible? Is he or she going to finish what they have to complete in the time that, is, that they have? You see, and this is a very crucial part in our lives for us to believe. Is it possible? Can God do what he promised that he's going to do? It just seems like an impossible task. I don't, I don't understand how it's going to happen. But you know what? God said he's going to do it, so I believe that he is true to his word, that he is faithful, and that he is going to complete what he has begun. So I'm going to stand on his promises. You see, Jerusalem was in ruins. They were at the receiving end of mockery, of ridicule. But how did Nehemiah deal with the mockers? He focused on the vision. While everyone was saying all these things, it's not possible. You can't do it. Just stop. Just quit. What are you doing here? You don't belong here. This is, this, is not, this is not your work to bear. Nehemiah had a focus on the vision. 
He had a focus on what God was showing him. He had a focus that on, on, on God being victorious through their work. He had a focus on this thing being completed. And that's exactly what he did. Nehemiah focused on the vision. Nehemiah knew that the wall could and should be rebuilt. And he knew what it would take to do it. It was going to take focus. Many times in our lives, we just need to focus. We do. We get, we get so distracted and sidetracked, but God says, you need to focus. Get your focus. Get your focus. Because you're, you're, you're spending too much time looking at the, or focusing on the woulda, coulda, shouldas in life. And how many know we can, we can, we can you know, point those out all day long. But we can't live like that. As the body of Christ, as children of God, we can't live in the past. We have to focus on what is ahead, amen? That's what God says. He says, forget the past and focus on what is ahead. And that's what we do. Why? Because our hope is in the Lord. We know that greater days are to come. In casting the vision, we need to cast hope. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, cast hope. See, Nehemiah not only helped the people to see the great ruin that surrounded their life, but he helped them to see that God can restore. God can restore everything around you. Everything you see that you look at and you see how can it happen, Nehemiah says, God can restore. That's all you need to look at. That's all you need to hold on to. Don't worry about how it's going to happen. Just know that God is going to make it happen. And just as Nehemiah sought to restore hope in the lives of those surrounded by ruin, we must cast hope in the lives around us. In those lives that are being affected just as our lives are, we have the truth. We have the answer. That answer is Jesus Christ. It's always been Jesus Christ. It's never changed. The answer wasn't Jesus Christ only 50 years ago or 2,000 years ago. No, it's relevant today. That same answer is still the cure for today. It's the hope that we need to hold on to. See, faith can and will be restored in our lives. And you need, to, you need to voice this over your life. It can and it will be restored. My marriage, it can and it will be restored. My health can and will be restored. Hope 
can and will be restored. Vision can and will be restored. Life can and will be restored. You need to hold on to these things. Onto God's promises over your life. And you need to cast that vision over your own life. Because we've, we've cast enough negativity over ourselves, haven't we? We've cast, we've cast enough um, discouragement over our lives through words. We've done this. And we do it well. Now it's time to cast life, to cast vision, to cast hope over our lives. And not only our lives, but the lives around us. In your home, you need to cast vision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You need to cast that vision over your home. You need to cast that vision over your children. Amen? Over your spouse. We're going to have a great marriage. I know, I know there's been some rocky points uh, up to this point, but you know what? It's going to change. It's going to change in Jesus' name. Amen? Things are going to change. We're going we're gonna to see better days in our marriage. We're going to see better days in our children. We're going to see prosperity in our lives. Amen? We're going to see this. Why? Because our hope is in the Lord. And you're going to cast that vision over your life. As the worship team comes forward tonight. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17. Jeremiah 17, verse 7, it says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, Are you trusting in the Lord? Tell him, if you trust in him, you'll be blessed. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. The Bible says you are blessed. You are blessed just by putting your hope in the Lord. Just by putting your trust in him. Just by believing in him, you're blessed. You're blessed. You don't even need to see things change yet in your life. But when you trust in him, when you make, when you, when you commit yourself to, to, to trusting in God and putting your faith in him and putting your life in his hands, the Bible says that you are blessed. You are blessed already. This is what Nehemiah sought to do. He sought to cast this vision that the people would catch it. That the people would begin to see not the mess, not all the destruction, not all the chaos. but on God making everything new. On God restoring, restoring all that had been torn down in our lives. All that is torn down around us. If you can just envision 
God's restoration power. In your own life, if you can just envision God doing that work, God bringing restoration, God fixing what had been broken and torn down, what the enemy tried to destroy, God bringing life, bringing the dead to life. This is exactly what took place. And it all started because Nehemiah started casting. We need to start casting. Start casting in your life. Start casting in those lives around you. Start casting at your job. Start casting at your school. Start casting in your home. Start casting wherever you go. Start casting vision. And start casting hope into those around you and into your life. Amen. And God will receive the glory and God is going to bring successes into our lives. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.